All right. Hi, Nick. Hey, Greg. How are you today? I'm okay. How are you? You look good. Thank you. So do you. you look, thanks. You've been doing that yoga? No. Oh. I stopped. All right. Did I tell you what I was doing to make sure I did? You were doing did, like uh, no, Pilates or something? Pio. Pilates and yoga. What is it? There's a difference? No, it's like combined. No, but like what is Pilates versus yoga? Like what is? I think what Pilates is more cardio involved. Oh, or, is it? I don't know. I, I don't I got to give props to good. yoga. Like I would try it like when I lose more weight and I'm more flexible. I would definitely try yoga. Well, that's you do that to get more But like flexible. I can't touch anything. <laughs> I've tried. Depends what. Nothing going on. <laughs> um... So today... Chris? <laughs> Chris? Hey, what's up? How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Would you move to Florida? Um, <laughs> uh, today we have uh, uh, something very special. We're going to smoke a yet unreleased cigar and give our first impressions of it. It is one of my favorite traditional brands from AUSA. It is a cigar that I've said in many podcasts, many interviews, and many videos. I felt didn't get enough props, and I'm glad that they're giving this kind of that Henry Clay H. Upman treatment that they've given, and the, the Trinidad, Trinidad treatment that they've given to so many of their lesser-known brands recently. So today we're going to be smoking the brand-new Onyx Bold Nicaragua. So the Onyx Reserve, one of my favorite cigars from my time in the store. It was... That's a broadleaf, right? Yeah, it was, it was along with the Ashton Age Maduro. It was one of those great uh, beginner broadleafs <clears throat> to kind of teach somebody that just because something is dark does not mean it's going to be strong. The darkness is going to give it more richness, more flavor, but it, there's still there's still a great mellow to it. It was so smooth and creamy. It was literally like a milk chocolate bar. Um, one of my favorite cigars. Still make it? Yeah, they still have it. We still have it. Still still on the website. You should try it out. I should. But today they went in the opposite direction with this new Onyx, they and went they even full said power. it. They say it right there one, on two, the box. Three, four, four times. Five, including the band on the cigar. And six, including the skew on the back. Including the skew. Um, so this is the brand new Onyx Bold Nicaragua. It is handcrafted for Altadis USA um, by AJ Fernandez. Another AJ. Uh, uses a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, so they're sticking. So they're excited. sticking. Yeah, you must be like, they're sticking with that kind of Maduro route, which good. I, I, no offense against Connecticut, I really wouldn't want to see an Onyx Connecticut, at least right now. I feel like it'd be pejorative if I knew what that word meant. Um, what? <laughs> no idea what pejorative? it Pejorative? Yeah, it sounds like a good word. Yeah, it sounds great to me. Does it work? Chris, you, what does pejorative mean? I have no idea. Uh, can we, you can know we what you should have done? Please? You should have just went How with it. How do you it. even spell that? P-E-J-O-R-A-T-I-V-E. <laughs> pejorative? Pejorative. P-E or P-A? This cigar is pejorative. Pejorative. I'm really good at spelling. I'm like George Costanza. P A J O R D. Are you good at spelling? Yeah. What are you not good at? You're not good at something. Writing. There you go. That was it. I knew there was something. And vocabulary. It's just great, 100 percent and sure. And chocolate and spice. And leather. Sure. I love how you. Like <laughs> <laughs> Sesame Street. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Grover. Uh, but so I'm glad they stuck with the kind of Maduro darkness uh, with the new Onyx. Sure. Now. I'm going to be honest. This cigar is probably going to be fantastic. Visually, the cigar itself looks great. I do like the initial band, you know, sticking with the kind of traditional onyx, a little more modern with that glossy silver. Um, secondary band, I also like. I will say me and Greg are not that fond of the, the foot band. You want to know why? It's because this wrapper looks stunning. Yeah, it you, takes why, away why are you covering it, it up? It's right. just now my eye attracts to this right. disco ball. Um, and I will say... 
to be perfectly honest, and this has nothing to do with the, the cigar, I wish they chose a name that wasn't bold. Well, I, wish the, I, I think the Onyx Nicaragua would have covered. I think that would have been agreed. Would have been plenty. But I got to say, from a visual aspect, it, it honestly almost looks like a Monte Cristo in terms of the, those glossy, shiny, very premium-looking bands, which right. I, I really like these two bands. I like the initial one. I like the secondary one here. And that Mexican San Andre- Andreas wrapper is flawless. This, this looks like one of the, not to say that not everything AJ does is high-end, but there's a section of AJ stuff like, like the H1175th, uh, some of the southern draws where he really goes above and beyond and just creates this like ridiculous product. Um, this looks like it's going to fall into that category, which uh, Altus has been lucky enough to be on the receiving end sometimes. Like I said, the H. Upman, uh, the Trinidad, like just these they are visually fire right now. amazing products that also back it up with flavor. Right. Um, so again, Nicaraguan filler and binders on that aged. And a Five Mexican, years, four years. Five four years. years, I believe. But I believe it was the wrapper that was aged for four years. I believe it was the Mexican San Andreas wrapper that was aged for four years. At least according to Rafael Nadal, everyone's favorite tennis player slash musician slash cigar manufacturer. Mm. And apparently high-end chef. Yeah, the guy eats like a champion. Like the guy eats the finest culinary oh delights. God, I wanted to stay with him for a week. I'm sure, dude, that would probably be like, I feel like, we, I feel like by day two, though, like, I think like they like... Well, we'd, rum. Be, we'd be two bottles of rum and seven, six c- eight, rum eight in, cigars in. Full, like, all my gastritis would come back. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna roll. Getting like a dry raisin on the cold draw. I will say the draw is right in the middle of very good. Mm-hmm. It's not as open as the 1844, but it's in nowhere. It's right. nowhere near tight. I feel like it's, that's a Florida a, Capon thing. It might be. It might be or an Ernesto thing. You know Ernesto, right? Yeah. Best friend. Oh yeah, BFFs. <laughs> uh, very nice open draw. So the airflow there is good, which means it's and you could tell this thing is packed like a champ. Oh yeah, good weight. Nice, nice sponginess to it. Very good weight. Cigar is, is nice and humidified. Very good sponginess. Oh, I'm to so it. excited. I'm so excited. Definitely like a leather and a raisiny, mm-hmm. a raisiny texture to it. So let's go. I'm going to use these aging room matches. We're going to light it up. And I got the Zycar lighter. Ooh. Chris takes care of me. Jesus. Did he? <laughs> Almost lit my tits off. Oh my god, this is a ticking time bomb. I think it's maybe too high. You cut this? Let's see. You want to use the matches so you don't kill yourself? Yeah. There you go. There we go. It's just too high. Too high. That is nice. Mm. Chris, you're into this already. Tell me about it. I thought it was going to be a lot uh, stronger because of the color of the wrapper. Um, but right off the bat, it's, it's really, really smooth. And I like the size of this. Um, what I size d- are we smoking? Didn't you say it was a Toro? Yeah. 54 six by, by 6. 6 by 54, yeah. 6 by you gotta um, get it. You gotta get it. It's my dyslexia. But like I said, I just thought like every time I've had like a darker cigar, kind of like right off the bat, it, it was pretty strong. But this is, this is really good. 
so yeah, so that's what I was talking about with the original Onyx, Chris, is that uh, wrapper color designates kind of amount of flavor or kinds of flavor you're going to get. It's the filler where you're going to get a majority of your strength. So that's why, you know, and it's a, it's a, I was like that too when I first started. You see a, a dark cigar, oh, this is going to be insanely strong. A lot of, a lot of times it's true because you need, you know, if you have a very strong, flavorful wrapper, you're going to need some stronger filler and binder tobaccos to kind of balance it out. But on those couple, you know, those few occasions, the Charter Oak Maduro is another great example. Um, you get a more mellow Maduro that really accents those rich, sweet flavors, but maintains a more mellow, creamy interior. Ashen Age Maduro. Yeah, Ashen so, Age Maduro is so, so good. good. It's so good. I am so happy that you... Dude, even the Ashton, like, I don't think there's an Ashton name brand that I don't enjoy thoroughly. There's not even one that I think is average. The original Ashton for, like, uh, for Connecticut, top-notch. The Ashton Age cam- like the uh, Age Cabinet, fantastic. The Cameroon one, outstanding. Symmetry, outstanding. VSG, legendary. Age Maduro, outstanding. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Nick. This is freaking good. Ooh, I get a nice, like, uh, espresso bitter chocolate yep. on the retro hail there. That's nice. That's really nice. There's no, like, heavy spice to it, which I thought I was going to get from Nicaraguan. Like, there's barely any. See, I, I wouldn't be disappointed, but um, I'm just interested to see. Uh, I think this is so far full of flavor. It is strong. I'm not going to say it's very strong. I want to give it as of now. I mean, we haven't really gotten into it that much. It's on the medium to fullish spectrum. Um, There's the spice. But, I'm I'm waiting for something that accentuates the bold, like some kind of crazy. Because you think when it says bold like that in big letters, it's going to be some either a flavor note or a strength that's going to. Whoa, wow, that's a lot of that stuff. That's what I think of when I think of the word bold. Yeah, I think I'm getting that now, though. See, I'm getting very well balanced, though, and to me, no, no, bold I'm, and well balanced aren't. No, I agree with that, but I, I'm not getting that. I'm getting very strong dark chocolate espresso notes. See, I'm getting a nice creaminess in there too. Well, I'm getting that at the end, but not... On the finish, yeah. Yeah, but not... Now the spice is starting to kick up a little bit. Mm. But I think the bold... I'm not really getting that any spice yet. I'm also more of a... I feel like the people who don't smoke as much, or not as much, but more seasoned, don't get as much spice as someone that's been only smoking for a couple years. There's a tang. There's like a spicy yogurt ranch tang... Where it's not spicy, but you, there's like a hint of it. See, I find that a little spicy. Oh, God, I miss it. So I good. miss it every goddamn day. Yeah, what do you mean you missed it? You had some. I had like a, like a teaspoon. Well, there you go. In a full salad. You I still had to, it. I want to dip chips and, mm. and cinnamon sticks mm. in that bad boy. Oh, Pizza God. crust. Wow. Chris from left field. I, used, I started dipping my pizza crust when I was a kid because I, I thought saw... thought you were just going to say I started dipping my pizza crust. <laughs> just dip. um, no, I started dipping it in like ranch when I was a kid. Like just regular pizza crust because I saw that Pizza Hut commercial when they started doing the breadstick crust, oh, yeah. and then they would give you a dipping sauce. So I just started dipping all my crust because I saw that in the commercial, and I haven't stopped since. Never done that. Oh. Maybe the only thing I've ever done that with is uh, if I have an extra side of marinara, but I will never dip it in the ranch. Depends on the pizza. If it's like a quality, like you know, uh, brick oven, like fancy, like nice Italian, like the fresh tomatoes and everything. No, I'm going to eat that, you know, regular. 
if it's like from Joe's Pizza, where it's like a, you know, like a, like like what Barstool's like, like football pizza, where it's like, okay, it's a slice of pizza. I agree with that. You know, you dip I'm that in you. the ranch. I'm with you. This is really good. This is really good. This is really good. God, they're on fire. It literally, it's a chocolate bar to me. Yeah, it's. I'm getting a lot of nice creamy notes, which I was not expecting from the Nicaraguan, but I guess that's good. that's that age. I'm guessing the age really smoothened it out. So, still, like I said, actually, I want to. As of right now, I'm saying this is a solid medium body. I'm not getting any excess strength yet. No. Then again, I might just be a badass. No, I'm not getting any strength yet. Usually, I hit it once I'm halfway. That burn is really good, too. Look at that thing. That's an AJ burn. <laughs> so we got to give a name for, like, our topic of the day. Topic of the day. No. Oh. Topic du jour. You got it. <laughs> you just don't want to think of it. <laughs> no. This is Come my on, time of relaxing what, at work. What's a, what's, a good, what's a good name, Chris, for, like, a topic of the day? So my brother on his podcast, he calls it the, the Jabroni Junction. Yeah. Yes. As we know for the third yeah, straight gonna, podcast. I'm keep so plugging it. So right? it has to be obviously cigar related. Yeah. Tobacco time. Not stupid. Um, Double T. T squared. Tobacco time. Tobacco topic. No, because everyone isn't T like gossip. Isn't that like what people call it now? Like spill the tea is like when you want to go. Oh, like, yeah. like, oh, I got some tea to, to spill. It's like oh, when somebody I has gossip. Yeah, I think it's like a lady Instagram thing. Like, who's ready to hear my tea? Oh, uh, we can hashtag and maybe get some ladies to watch podcasts. Okay. My mom doesn't even watch this. <laughs> uh, my wife doesn't either. She's busy with the kids and, and oh, nursing she... and, and selling protein packs. <laughs> no, she's done with that. Oh, good. Thank God. Uh, what's, like, what's like a what's a hard C word? Like, not cigar because that's a soft C, but something like that would go like, like corner. Like, it'll have like alliteration with corner. It's like something corner. Cuban corner, but like not Cuban. Cornhole corner. No, but like it's got to be cigar related. It can't just be oh. corn on the cob corner. Well, I play. I might smoke a cigar when I play cornhole. Do you play cornhole often? Oh, I love it. Okay. So much fun. Anyway, we'll get I, used to be, I used to be so good at cornhole. Oh yeah. I'm better at frisbee. Lefty specialist over What's here. What's the frisbee with the buckets when you got to get it? Oh, in the, can jam. Can jam. I'm, I'm, can I'm, jam I hate, hate frisbee. I'm I think a, it's the stupidest oh, thing. Oh, that's because you're not good at it. I'm amazing. Yeah, I'm so stupid. You know why? Because with throwing, it's all in your arm and your shoulder and your form. With frisbee, it's just the wrist. Yeah, it's, it's all it is is wrist action. Yeah, good wrist action. I could do it. I could do the thing where you throw it here and then it glides up. Ooh. We used to play some intense front yard I frisbee. I see it's getting school. intense you would right be now. Good. You probably would be good at lefties, man. You could just like. No, I actually throw a frisbee righty. Oh, wow. Okay. That's why you're rubbish. You got to throw a left. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> you got to throw a southpaw. You damn, damn salt getting to you. <laughs> Hello, mate. I was talking to. Um, to Derek today about about Buzzstream and I was making fun of uh, mm. their Chris's accent. Oh, Buzzstream! <laughs> I love he, the British. A, I'm, I'm, a I'm, a, I'm a huge Anglophile. I love England. I love everything about it. I love. I watched. I watched Doctor Who. So right why don't you go on a uh, vacation in England by myself? Why not? Just go. Here's, here's the thing. Just go, man. Here's the thing. I don't think East Coast American guys are sought after anywhere in the world Who except for the East cares? Coast. Like Southern guy, you why, just, do you you, why do you care? I'm, I'm just saying, wondering. Listen, listen. Okay, I'm gonna. If listen you're a guy that. from the South and you have that accent, you can go anywhere in the world, and people are just gonna be like, "Oh my God, he got that Southern accent." That's all. I go to like a pub in England. I'm like, "Yeah, let me get the two Frankfurters." Like, I'm gonna sound like an idiot, and no one's gonna care. They're gonna make fun of me for Trump. Or Who something. cares? <laughs> you but just have leave you, the place. You never see them ever again. Have you ever been on vacation by yourself? No. Uh, are you? It's, it's, yeah, I love it. 
Where'd you go? I went out to San Francisco for a Comic Con for one of my films, and it was. I had. But you went. You went for one of your films. Yeah, but I. But yeah, I. But I, I, I could have still been. But I took like four or five days to then like go like explore Northern California because I never went, and it was awesome. How was it? It was fun, man. Like I meeting people. Like you'd learn a lot about yourself. Like if like I used to. I, hate, guess, I, I guess. used to hate going to bar, like eating by myself, bars by. My, but that it, you have to if you See, want to go out. And I like and being fun. by myself, but only like in my room or in a hotel room. We need to be in your environment. Yeah, gotcha. I love being by myself there. I don't want to like eat at a rest. Although you know what? That, that sounds good. Like it's, it's going up to a bar and being like the guy at the bar. And then yeah, people I'm talk. To, people will talk. Guys, to you. <laughs> I'm going to England. <laughs> I, great. You can watch your top tips on uh, what to do with your cigars when you travel. Oh, I'm just going to buy Cubans on them over there oh, for a thousand dollars for a half a cigar. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll think of the name for everything later. But we're going to wow, talk that really about snowballed. Our, yeah. Uh, whatever our topic name is, uh, if you guys have any recommendations, put it, put it in the comments section. Um, so, what is today's oh. topic du jour? How and why cigars became a status symbol. Hmm. So this is an interesting question. Good question. Or an wow. interesting topic. So for this, man, I'm getting so many sniff chats. Um, you have to go way, way back in a long, long ago um, to probably around the 1800s, 19th century. So, you know, tobacco, once it was kind of dis not discovered by the Europeans, it was really discovered by the natives who, you know, the, even the Taino people of Cuba were smoking it. Um, Cohiba is actually an ancient Taino word, I think, means smoke or cigar or something along those lines. Um, so it was known back then, but bringing back tobacco to Europe and royalty really got into it. But there was also commoners who were, you know, rolling their own cigarettes, smoking that. It was really during the 19th century, I want to say, from at least the research I've done, where cigars, cigars in particular, really became this symbol of wealth and elegance. So you would have basically your aristocratic men, mo mostly men. Um, and, and actually, fun fact, it was really during the late latter part of the 19th century, because um, especially in England, because during the mid-19th century, there's a little historical fact, Queen Victoria actually like banned smoking in like lounges and public places like that. Um, so when she passed and her son, who I believe was King Edward the fourth or fifth, um, when he came to the throne, the first thing he said was, gentlemen, you may smoke. That was like his first kind of thing. Ooh. Yeah. Um, maybe it was Prince Albert. No, it was definitely King Edward. Definitely King Edward. Um, so you had this new process of you know having a you know like a Downton Abbey you would have these dinners and then after the you know the seven courses the the gentlemen of leisure you know the fancy guys with their three-piece you know what the white tie they would retreat to the smoking room where they would discuss you know matters of state they would discuss politics or what's going on in the world um and they would smoke cigars and they would drink brandy or cognac that's what's wrong or, with today what it's not smoking cigars and drinking cognac when making executive decisions I mean we can no, not us. I'm talking about the world. Oh, there's definitely cigar smoking back rooms like in the Senate and everything. No, I don't want back rooms. I want no, like, be like, like they have a room where they go and smoke cigars and like hash things out. Like gotcha. they, they definitely, which is why the whole FDA thing is BS because like you guys are definitely smoking cigars. Oh, yeah, obviously. Um, so this was, so it, it kind of got this aura of, of luxury around it because it was these fancy men, you know, like these, these rich aristocrats and, and the, the, the country gentry who were, who were smoking and discussing these important matters. Then transition, you know, that, that was kind of the norm. Then you transition to 
early 20th century, very late 18th century, um, because of, you always got to remember that once something is seen as a symbol, other people who want to represent that same characteristic will take that symbol to themselves. This is where you got the first kind of CEOs, these big you know, titans of industry, your Rockefellers, your Carnegies, um, and you start to get like these also these Wall Street guys, guys all of a sudden making a ton of money on Wall Street. This is the 1920s, this is, you know, right after World War One, stock market's booming. Um, and so they've kind of, they kind of adapted smoking cigars as this symbol of luxury and wealth. And, um, you know, I'm the man, I'm, I'm up, you know, up here, whatever. So you saw a big boom of cigar smoking during the 1920s. Obviously, with the Depression, that came down a little bit. You see it again towards the late 40s and into the 1950s and 60s with kind of the, the mad men, you know. And also you started All seeing... All the John Hams. Yeah. What? You also started seeing it in Hollywood, in movies, these tough guys or cigar smokers. So it also kind of started getting this characteristic thrown upon it. The Clint Eastwoods, right. um, the, uh, what the hell is the name of the guy from Bullet? Um, Steve, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. The Steve McQueens and the Charles Bronson. Not Lightning these, McQueen. These, yeah, not Lightning McQueen. You're God. such a dad. <laughs> uh, but like these tough guys are smoking. And also you have the Mad Men. You have the martini lunches. Like, oh, let's go make our deal. And we're going to advertise your thing. And they would go and they'd have cigars. Um the Kennedys were big cigar smokers. There's the whole story of right before JFK signed the embargo with Cuba, he had one of his, uh, secret- one of his secretaries, um, I can't remember the guy's name too, I can't think of it off the top of my head, Yeah, I, run I, out and I get, uh, I think it was McNamara or something like something that. Like that. Uh, I, I no, see the face. McNamara was the Secretary of Defense. It was another guy. Emery? No, I don't know Emery. If, if you said the name, I'd definitely recognize it. Um, I don't remember. P- can you look that up for me, Chris? When you it's, get in the, it's in the H. Upman video I did. Yeah. I don't know um, if you see it in the Dropbox. So it's it's uh, Secretary of State for... No, it wasn't Secretary. It was just like, like, was a, a, like one was... of his personal secretaries. Like somebody went out and just got him cigars. Gotcha. So who, who got JFK his last Cuban cigars? Um, but he had this gentleman run out right before signing the embargo when he got, I think it was 1,600 um, H. Upman Petite Coronas. And then immediately when he got the cigar, signed the, the embargo. That really started this mysticism about Cuban cigars going into the 70s and everything now um, because you couldn't get them. Only the really rich could get Cuban cigars. Mm. This is so good, by the way. It really like is. That's why adult, I want to like try an, to take It's like an adult, it's a, an adult Oreo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? This is, this is really good. Was it Pierre Salinger? Salinger. That was his name. Pierre Salinger. Uh, yeah. Uh, so now you're into the 70s, 80s. Um, the 80s really started, 80s and early 90s, we'll get to the cigar boom in a minute, but during the 80s is when you saw um, Wall Street had come back now. So you, now you have the Wolf of Wall Street guys or Gordon Gecko from Wall Street, the French, coll- you know, the, the, the white collar, blue shirt, suspenders guys with a cigar in their mouth making billion dollar deals, you know, doing cocaine. Just moving, moving yeah, money. Just moving money. And then they adapted the cigar as their kind of thing, too. Also, not to backtrack in time, but during the 30s and 40s and 50s, you also had um, the mafia. You had these these crime figures who before this, you know, like, you had like a kind of Wild West guys. You had your Jesse Jameses. But it was during this time, you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s, guys like Al Capone, Lucky Luciano. Um, what's his name? Uh, well, I can't think of his name. 
can't think of the other, the Carlo Gambino. You had these very popular, you know, very powerful, influential mafia figures who became celebrities. I mean, this translated into the John Gotti's of, of later, but this is where it started. These, these famed, you know, very powerful mafia figures who, to the regular audience, were kind of seen as just like really cool, suave. Like they gave a lot to charity. They would build churches. They would you know, throw festivals. They were seen as like the Robin Hoods, even right. though behind closed doors they were horrible. But they, you know, Al Capone always had a cigar. These guys That's were always smoking cigars. Everybody with a lot yeah. of money. Exactly. So it, it also had that kind of stats. Then in the 80s, like I said, you had these kind of Wall Street, you know, types making a lot of money. Again, cigars. And they were sneaking in Cubans. But also, now we're getting into the early years of the cigar boom. This is kind of the, the spark that ignited the, the cigar year. boom. I want to say the cigar boom probably started in 93. Okay. Because 93 is when Cigar Aficionado came out. Gotcha. And that is seen as like the... Lexington and Concord of the cigar boom. That's really what started it. But even before then, you know, you had Arturo Fuente. You know, they already had the 858, but this is when they had the Hemingway and the Don Carlos, these kind of upper Macanudo, these upper echelon Dominican cigars were starting to come to the market because they were seeing like, you know, oh yeah, everyone's buying your $2, you know, Teamos or whatever are the most popular. A lot of people smoking Candela cigars back then as well. Just whatever they could find in a local shop. But they wanted to tap into this market of these rich CEOs and powerful figures who were cigar smokers, but were only smoking Cubans because that was all that was good. You know, if you really want a cigar, you need a Cuban. And so the kind of thought process was like, all right, we got to make something that they can get easily here that can compete with that. And that's really where these kind of higher end Dominicans, like I said, the early Monte Cristos, Macanudos, and specifically Hemingway and Don Carlos from uh, Arturo Fuente. Padron there yet? Padron was there, yeah. I want to say Started. that a cigar aficionado really pushed them to new heights t- towards the latter end of the decade. Um, but they were they've been around since the seventies. Um, they were more of like a like a total like aficionado, like new kind of new Padron. Gotcha. Um, but now you're getting into the cigar boom. Cigar aficionado launches in 1993, and this is when you see just the big biggest celebrities of the time: your Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Pierce Brosnan, Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan, Brooke Shields, um, Demi Moore. You started seeing these famous athletes and actors and politicians uh, on the cover of Aficionado magazine, you know, smoking a right. cigar. That really got the cigar boom going. That's when all the now, now it wasn't just fancy Wall Street types. It was lawyers. It was doctors. It was actors. Everyone was starting to smoke cigars because everyone wanted to have that that vision of themselves of like this high-end quality and cigar aficionado also started teaching people about cigars you know people started seeing the ratings and the reviews and that's you know uh, there wasn't a top 25 list yet but they were doing reviews and ratings and interviews with you know manufacturers of the time um then you know obviously the boom ended uh just because there was there was more cigars being manufactured then people were really smoking you ran into a lot of distribution problems I and mean, the end of the cigar boom was not great for the industry at all people thought it wouldn't recover what what happened people just started pumping out cigars to try to meet up with demand but then they eventually exceeded demand but now these cigars were of a lower quality for the premium manufacturers it was tough for them to get the good quality tobacco because it was going out the door so quick they didn't have time to let it sit and age they were just pumping them pumping them pumping them out and then eventually they made so much and like people stopped really smoking them because the quality was going down or they had too much or the prices weren't right anymore because the market was flooded with all these whatever brands and a lot of companies went under. There was a few companies that really started during the boom that kind of made their bones in that, in that era. Really, Oliva really came to, 
uh, came to prominence during then. Alec Bradley towards the tail end. Rocky Patel towards the tail end. Um, Perdomo, Nick Perdomo, definitely during the boom was like kind of making his bones. Um, about Drew Estate? Towards the tail end, but they weren't really focusing on like the cigar boom. They were doing a whole other subculture kind gotcha. of thing. Now you get into the kind of early 21st century. Um, and this is when the cigar industry is, you know, still maintaining that high-end quality. But now you're transitioning into it's not so much celebrities who are in the know, but you're looking for kind of cigar experts. Because it's like everything else. It's like beer or it's like whiskey. The more you smoke and the more information available to you, the pickier you get. Do you now fit? you want this thing. And now you know what's in it. And so it. same thing with the beer industry. You know, up until 2000, everyone was drinking just Budweiser's, Bud Lights. A Heineken was like a fancy beer. For, now, like Bass was a... Yeah, a Bass, oh my God, if you find Bass. Bass was so good. Dude, there was a point in the 70s where if my dad found Coors Banquet, it was like regular Coors, like people paid him money to like get him some, like he had to drive to New Mexico to find it. Do you think cigars are the reason why beer and wine and liquor became a huge thing now? I think... The way I, it is... I don't think I, I think it was just kind of the, the changing of the times. I think it was, they were all okay. I think the internet really did it. Gotcha. I think and you can even something that we can ask Steve Saka about next time we talk to him. He was one of the, the forerunners, the leaders of those early forums, those early internet forums. And these were guys, you know, going out and and, and explaining, you know, what they smoked and like, Oh, you should try this one and th- this is kind of what started the the limited edition effect. Or the okay. want what you can't have effect is guys would say, you know, this is also, you know, the Opus came out in the early, early 90s and still was, a, you know, it still is a big deal today. But, you know, early 2000s, some people talking about, oh, I tried the cigar at this small shop. You got to find it. Before that, like like the the initial trade show was like a bunch of guys in a hotel room and you went and you made your deals and you went home. There was no like traveling reps and they didn't have like a big events. This really started in the 90s and into the 2000s because people started knowing more. They started knowing brands. Before that, you really didn't know brands unless you were one of these highfalutin guys. The average cigar smoker didn't know what brands or, or what right. a Mexican San Andreas wrapper was. Once this information started come, becoming commonplace, that's where you get into the limited editions and the small batches in the boutique. And now it's hard to find. It's more limited. It's been aged longer. It uses special tobacco. And that's kind of where we are now in the industry is that obviously the, the bulk of sales are still going to core lines. And, you know, reliable people buying a box of Monte Cristo Whites every other week. But in terms of just, like, focus on the industry, it's really towards those small batch, limited, special, anniversarios, you know, hard-to-find things because people jump on that. And they've had the other stuff already. They know the other stuff is available to them now. It's not like a nice treat to go get a Monte Cristo White anymore because they know they can get it anywhere. They want to spend their money on things that no one else has, you know. And, and it ties into that. You know, you don't have to be the CEO now, but it's like, oh, I have this and you don't. And that puts me on this kind right. of pedestal. Oh, I have these Opus 20th anniversaries. Oh, I have this Black Irish from Crow Mag, you know, the Crow Magnum Black Irish. You it's d- like having a high-end liquor Yeah, it's on like, your oh, shelf. I have a bottle of Blanton's. You only have Jack Daniels. Right. Which, you know, it's, so that's kind of where the industry is today. I like it to a degree. I like that it's forcing manufacturers to really come up with new stuff and not just putting out the same nonsense all the time. Um, like it was, you know, maybe a decade ago where, like, it was hard to really distinguish what was going on. Um, I like that it's making it more competitive, but I also dislike that some really great cigars kind of fly under the radar because they're not this cool packaging, only 10 made, you know, people just kind of walk by them and only buy these limited things. Um, like so like 
even like the Onyx and the Anyeo from H. Altman. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is spectacular. This is like Upman 175th category. Yeah. It's funny. I was, wa- I was smoking the uh, Trinidad Espiritu uh, during my meeting this morning. And I haven't had one since they came out. And I'm like, this thing is rocking. Like, that was another thing that went under the radar. And I'm like thinking to myself when we compile our top 25, I'm like, I know we didn't put it in last year. But I'm like really thinking of this year to I put smoke, it in. I haven't smoked one in a while either. But I will uh, say that in terms of just even taking the band off, visually, it's one of the most perfect cigars I've ever seen. Yeah, it's so good. Where yeah. was that manufactured at, by the way? AJ like, made that. AJ made that one too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rockstar. I'm trying to think in the past couple of years... Floyd Coupon has a few. They did, they did the Warhawk. They did the A. Tupman Añejo. The Reserva Real. The Reserva Real Nicaragua. No, the, just Reserva Real. Re- Reserva Real Nicaragua is AJ. No, I'm talking about like new ones. Though. The Reserva oh, Real is old. Oh, yeah. I got you. Um, f- that's for Floyd Coupon. AJ's done. The A. Tupman by AJ. The Gaspar. The Onyx. Intenso. Not the, the, not the original Gaspar. No, the, yeah, the Gaspar Intenso. The original Gaspar is like 50,000 years old. No one even smoked it anymore. No, I know. I met the uh, blender down in Honduras who made that. That was his first cigar. Elmer. One oh, of the, the, the regular Gaspar was one of his first? Yep. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. One of the Grupo um, de Maestros in, at uh, Florida. The Grupo de Maestros did the Monte Cristo Cinquenta. Mm-hmm. And they did last year. Oh, I did. And they also did the H. Upman um, Hispaniola was right. from Tabacalera de Garcia. But a lot of their hit stuff has really, it's coming out of surprising, it's coming out of Florida Coupon, and it's coming out of AJ. Yep. I will say, though, the Hispaniola, actually, all, they're all banging on all cylinders. Because the Hispaniola and the Cinquenta are both stellar, top-notch smokes. I have a question. Yes, you do. From a, from a newbie. When AJ Fernandez, like it says, he helps man, like create it, manufacture it, what, what specifically is his job? Is he come in to blend it, or so what, does he suggest? Like, what will happen is uh, Raphael, um, and sometimes by himself, sometimes he'll take somebody like Dane with him, or he'll take Ernesto Carnwinkle, um, and they'll go down to AJ's factory, and AJ will, you know, they'll kind of explain to him what they want. AJ will get some sample tobaccos together, and then they'll kind of like sit as a committee and they'll each kind of make a blend, they'll test it. But like Raphael is very hands-on in this. But then at the end of the day, Raphael will pick the blend that he likes the best, and he'll go and say, this is what we're going to do. And then AJ takes it from there. It's gotcha. his farms, it's his factory, but it's not like blended just by him. Like so Raphael plays a huge – same thing with like um, Dion Giolito in Illusione. He doesn't have his own farmer factory, but for Illusione, he is hands-on. He goes out okay. and he picks the tobaccos himself, and he blends it himself. Uh, just using kind of Agonorsis facilities. Gotcha. That's pretty interesting. I because you see a lot of cigars from Altidus and that has AJ's stamp on it. So, I'm just wondering. That guy must be rolling. Oh, he's so AJ, dude. Everything he makes now, Jesus. So good. He has this magic touch, man. That's like, wild. Like, like I, I want to see his. Every I, year have I you been to his? His. I went to his factory. Yeah, it was really how, cool. How, big is this place? It's not as big as you would think. It's not as big as like it's the Bacalera de Garcia. It's not. And you it's haven't gone to Florida Capuana. To I've not been to Florida Capuana, but I've been to Bacalera de Garcia. It's huge. TDG is huge. And it's not as big as that. No. That's wild. Yeah. You also got to remember they're they're making weight. Oh, you're, you're, thinking, making, of, you're thinking yeah, of the number yeah, of you. brands. You got, got to remember. I got you. They probably, I'm guessing here, I'm assuming, they probably make more Monte Cristo white Toros than like 
all of Southern draws. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe ne- maybe not, maybe they make more Monte Cristo whites than all of Southern draw. We'll say that. But I even want to say they probably make more Monte Cristo white Toros. Um, AJ makes some money? No. No, no. But I'm saying like Tobacco oh, Garcia I got you. makes okay. more Monte right. Cristo whites than Southern draw. All, all of Southern, Southern draw. I got what you're saying. You know, which yep. is all of AJ stuff. So, uh, you know, he also makes, he makes, he does the, not the one went same, he does the Tabernacle with Nick. Right. They they make more Upman and Yeho Toros than all the Tabernacles put together. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So, they, they might not have, and, and there's a, dude, don't forget all the private labels that are coming out of there. They make a lot of brands out of TDG. And yeah, they make agreed. a lot of each one. Right. Like, you'll never run out of, right. a, of a TDG product. So, that's kind of where they're. Which is why I think it was smart to kind of outsource some of these smaller batch ones because it's just it makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes, makes a lot sense. of sense. And also, you're right. you're you're getting a new experience now with each one. Oh, absolutely. Have you been getting any flavor change with this? It's getting a little richer right now, but it's got a great creaminess to it. I, I don't need. I, I haven't been able to focus that much because I'm no, I know stuff, but I I just it's not bothering me. You know what I'm saying? Like that, it's not. It, like you said, it is getting richer, but not, you know, it's not a drastic change, but it's not bothering sometimes me. Sometimes you find a cigar that, like, I wish it would just stay like this. Right. You know, this like, is it. Very rarely, but sometimes you're like, I just wish it would stay like how it is right now. This is very close to the Ashen Age Maduro it's to me. It's really creamy. To it's me, really this is the closest creamy. I've ever had to an, age, to, an, to an Age Maduro. Chris? Maybe we should get this for our secret project. Yeah, no, this is, um, this is, it's been, <laughs> like, creamy and, and, and uh, like, chocolatey throughout. I don't know why I always cigars are all always spicy to me. I don't know if it's because I'm a new smoker, but this is throughout. And I've I started it way before you guys did. It's really well, good. I got I got to say for for both you and Greg, you guys, you know, arrived in our industry um, in the midst of like the Nicaraguan takeover. When I when I started, it was much more, and it, it kind of made me sick of them for a time. It was much more. Everything was like a mellow, smooth Dominican cigar with uh, either Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Connecticut shade wrapper, or Maduro wrapper. And that was so many things. Um, so I know that that exists now, but like because you guys, like all the new stuff like, that you guys smoke, because we got to do reviews, we got to do a video, is kind of is going to be a little bit more powerful, is going to most likely come out of Nicaragua. So, um, but you guys should definitely, I'm going to say, I'll set you up with some La Flor Dominicana, some Fuentes. Um, and even some like this cinquenta. I mean, the cinquenta is kind of spicy, actually. Um, yeah, I, I had the original is really good. Just a straight up regular Monte the classic, Cristo. right? No, no, no. There's That's the original not... and there's the classic. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, the straight up Monte Cristo original is really, really good. Very pricey though. Like you know, Monte Cristos are pricey, but like this was like they're like nineteen, eighteen, nineteen bucks a piece for those original ones. You know what this cigar compares to me that we've had recently, and I know it's a completely different cigar, completely different blend, is the big payback Maduro. It's similar enough, though. I mean, it, right, that's it, what I'm it, saying. It's using a similar enough wrapper. It's not like it's using an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Right. And it's using a Mexican San Andreas, which is what on you, par. What do you think is better? I can't got to say that right now. This is really good. This is really, really good. I wish I could enjoy it like more. I'm just worried about my body, but I, I want to like enjoy it. This is wow. Every year they're getting closer to perfection. We just got to work on their on their secondary on their triple band guy. <laughs> I, I I love these two. I'm gonna tell you why I don't like this band. Because 
the design on it, like this kind of grid, it looks like this was just picked up at like a party city. Agreed. Like it has that kind of like wrapping paper right. look to it. Yeah. Whereas these ones look nice. They're they're embroidered, like you know, they're the raised text and everything. It's really nice. I feel like they should have went with this gray border with the black. Hmm. Or just not. Like you already have two bands on it. You don't, and especially if it was a Churchill, like the H. Upman. If it was like a long Agreed. one, okay. But you're you're taking up a majority of the cigar now with bands. You just yeah. You take Which away from I don't the cigar. mind for these two, but this this part wasn't was not necessary. You can save some money. Take them out. Yeah. I also do like the box. I like how it has like this kind of what's it called when like the gloss. Gloss. I think even though this is going to seem stupid, I think this would have been cool if the logo was turned and this wasn't a hinge. If this was just like a top, like a top slide box, I think it would have just been cool. It's got that cool like reflection to mm -hmm. it with the light. But this is getting top marks from me. We'll do. We'll do a. We should definitely do a review on this. Agreed. Scene. But we should probably have that ready to go for next month. Yeah, we should. When, the, when we release it, when, uh, when they're available yeah. to buy, we'll get the review up. Big props to Altidus USA, to Rafael Nadal, to AJ Fernandez. This is stellar. Um, and that's not me tooting horns because, you know, no one is more critical of Altidus USA than me. And I think, here's I, I think I've been critical, Here, too. Here's why, here's why I feel bad is I don't give them a break. I was critical before because all their stuff was kind of boring. And now I'm critical of them because of how good this stuff has been recently. You have to beat that every time. Of course. And if you don't, I'm mad. And this like the, the the Herman's Batch mm. was a really good cigar. If that came out like four years ago, I would have been like, wow, this is really good. But it came out in the midst Agreed. of like the right. Añejo on the one end and the Hispaniol and the 177 on the other. And I'm like, ugh, come on. Right. No, that's a good point. You know, like it was, very it, was good point. it was a very good cigar sandwich between excellence. And it right. kind of got lost in the shuffle. But yeah, I, but so I, I feel bad now. I don't give him a break because it was before. It was like you guys can't do anything excellent. Now it's like you better only do excellent yeah, right. stuff because that's what you're. That's what you've been doing. <laughs> that damn but, sister company, you better do everything excellent. Listen, man, you need you need somebody at the end of the day like me to 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 tell you like it's not good or it's it's good or you should do. Some. Not that they're listening to me, but you know I listen to you. I know you do. That's why you're a good friend. Mm -hmm. I like our storytelling. It's quite interesting. Story time. That's what we can call it. We could. Do you read stories to your kids? Of course. What do you read? Uh, Little Blue Truck. The War Zone Manual. No. <laughs> Not yet. Next year. Uh, Little Blue Truck. How to throw your C4. <laughs> uh, we have, I think, four different versions. The original. Little Blue Truck Goes to the City, which talks about all the traffic in New York City. It's hilarious. Uh, Christmas and a Halloween one. You don't read like traditional like uh, Berenstein Bears or I Clifford? do. We have the Easter one. And we have uh, my mother got him uh, the Thomas books, cracking a track, blue blue train, green train, and go train go. I got my uh, nephew uh, a year or two ago. I'm gonna start reading to him now. Uh, Strega nona. Okay, it's the, uh, Strega nona. So Strega in Italian is witch, and nona is grandma. It's the witch grandma. Oh, good. And it's no, it's, it's no, but it's like not like it's a it's a children's book about like a magical grandma, and she can make. Like magic pasta, right? With like her magic tools, and then her like grandson—I don't know if it's a grandson or her nephew—comes in. Of course, she's making pasta and like screws up and like tries to cast the spell, but he doesn't know how to finish it. So like, just unlimited amount of pasta is being made, and so she has to come back and fix it. And then he has to eat it all. Oh, poor kid! Yeah, it's a great book. Were you guys yeah, into um, where the wild things are? Yeah. Like, I, would I, you ever read it. that to your kids, Greg? Nah. 
Never, I don't even think I've even watched the movie. I maybe saw parts. I think James Gandolfini. He did the voice, voice yep. in the movie. Yeah. I'm trying I'm to think what else. No, no, no matter what. <laughs> Good Night Farm. I like Good Night Farm. It has little textures in it. So the oh, kid, I, I was a the huge fan of the Hunger Hungry uh, Caterpillar. I thought you were going to say Hungry Hungry Hippos. No, that's a board game. Yeah, well. No, but the, no, the very Hungry Caterpillar. Maybe. maybe they had these great pictures of like sandwiches and like fruits and all these foods in the, in the book. You ever see, read the book? No. Yeah, the, the caterpillar eats like a watermelon and then he eats like a ham sandwich and then he eats like a, like a burger and then he eats like uh, wow. uh, whatever. And then he gets, oh, I'm so full. And he goes into the cocoon and it comes out a butterfly. Wow. Yeah, it's a great book. It was, a, it was like a one on award. Still waiting for you to turn into a butterfly. Maybe that's happening right now. Oh, it's Maybe it's on. happening right that's now. That's what the gastritis is. Wow. It's, it's a butterfly coming out. You are a butterfly. I just throw up butterflies. <laughs> um, but no. Again, big, big props to, uh, to AUSA on this. This is a remarkable cigar. This is going to be a huge seller. And, guys, I ain't, I ain't tooting smoke um, because, obviously, I had my issues with the name and with the band, so you know I'm being for reals. Uh, this is a stellar, top-notch cigar that I think is going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah, sell, like, I would buy a box. Absolutely. Hold on. I got the prices up here, right? So we talk about this? We should definitely include this in a, in a top five next week. Absolutely. Next so we have... The Toro at nine twenty five, the Robusto at eight ninety, and the Magnum at nine dollars and eighty cents. Ugh, Magnums. Yeah, well, which I don't think I wouldn't mind that. I just don't. And, and I don't. Like I wouldn't like. But I'm saying like if I'm going golfing, golfing. I'd rather go golfing. for a long. I'd rather go the for a trip. Accent, is that? No, I hear you, but I'm just saying if. This, I wouldn't but I mind. For, for a golf, you wouldn't rather have a Churchill, which is going to be more no, like I, this but longer and it'll last year? Yes, I, would, I do, but because they don't have a Churchill in this size, I wouldn't mind the 6x60. Yeah. Wow. Ching, ching, ching. Well, this was fantastic, Greg. Thank oh, you very yeah. much. No, thank you. Thank you, Secret Chris. No thank problem. you, Chris. Um, guys, again, the Onyx Bold Nicaragua from Altidus USA and from uh, crafted for them by AJ Fernandez is going to be available in August. Get it, man. I'm telling you, this is on par with some of their best work. Absolutely fantastic cigar. And uh, we will see you again uh, next time. Bye, Nick. Bye, Greg.